On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hiker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino, we recap OU's loss to Arizona in the Alamo Bowl, and then Stanford Steve joins us to preview the college football playoff semifinals. And that's it. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars, and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right, our man Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Friday, December 29th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hiker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of December, all you got to do is visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Now recording this on Friday night, please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment. Oh boy, Ted. Interesting night in San Antonio, my friend. Yeah, very interesting. That was, um, I don't know. It went from, you know, I, w- I really, the way the game started off, I wasn't too surprised with. I thought there was going to be, um, like a quick burst of energy and emotion from Arizona and we'd settle in and just kind of take over from that point. And I felt really strongly like that's what we were watching uh, during the second and third quarter. And Oh my goodness. I don't know if I've ever seen a game flip like that. I mean, that was pretty wild. It was, it was an emotional roller coaster for you and I. I mean, my goodness, but let's do what we always do, man. Let's, let's start on the defensive side of the ball. What'd you think? It's so weird to say this, but I thought the defense played good, you know, um, McMillan for them. He's incredible. You know, he's coming off that huge performance against Arizona state. You know, he came into the, into the game with over 1,200, nearly 1,300 yards receiving, 10 touchdowns. He's 6'5". He can run. He's a good route runner. Kid's a star. Um, I and Do you yeah. agree? I, I thought he was the best player on the entire field. No doubt. Both teams, I thought he was the best player on the field. No doubt. Yeah, easily. Um, he's good. He's really good, and they do a great job highlighting him in their offense they move him around they put him in different spots um just to where they can 
manipulate some space on the defense and give him a little extra room to work. He can go deep. He can catch the short stuff. He's fast. He's he's really good. Um, and he he had some big numbers. But outside of that, when you consider that the offense turned the ball over six times, like all of that, like the, I thought the defense did some really good stuff. Pressured the quarterback, stuffed the run. They didn't run the football at all on us. Now we gave up some stuff in the passing game. Not, I mean, yes to McMillan, but just in general, like one of the things that we we've, we've got to continue to get better at. And I think this year was light years better than it's been in years past. Underneath coverage from the linebackers and and safeties whenever they are not playing deep, whenever they're playing, like whenever we insert a safety and cover three to play a hook. Um, we, we just, we, we do not relate well to receivers consistently. There's times when we do a really good job. I thought Stutzman had one where he, he read the tight end on a crosser this way zone turned, found him over here and made a play on the football. That's great stuff. We just don't do it often enough and we get lost and our eyes are, are constantly on the quarterback instead of finding the guy that we're supposed to relate to. But um, I thought the the defensive line did a really good job getting to the quarterback. Um, you know, we we stayed in like a three man look for most of the night, and I thought Coe was destructive. Um, I thought Luulu did good. I thought Bothroyd had one of the best games that he he has had in a while. Did some really good stuff against some of the outside zone that they did. Turned into a um, a factor in some of the tunnel screens that they threw on the outside. Um, I thought he did some really good stuff. It was good to see. Um, uh, oh my gosh, why am I drawing a blank? Thirty-two. Our um, Mason Thomas. Our Mason Thomas. It was good to see him healthy and and get in on the action. Had a nice sack where he ran the hoop on the outside. Um, you know, corner has been one of those things for us this year where we it's just kind of been a revolving door because of injury. And it was the same on, on Saturday night or uh, Thursday night, rather. We got to see several different guys through there. Can I walk around the interception? Um, you know, we I saw some guys get up and challenge at the line of scrimmage with some press and stuff and, and look pretty good. But I think our defense ran out of energy and ran out of emotion late in that football game. You know, they kept, you know, getting stops, forcing, uh, you know, big negative yardage plays that force Arizona to, to punt it. You know, a couple of times they forced field goals on, on really tough situations and it was just over and over and over. And, felt like they finally their their back was broken they couldn't do it anymore and the and the floodgates kind of opened up there but you know it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting football game to look at it and evaluate defensively because there was so much good in there and it all just gets pushed aside when you look at the final result and a couple of the big plays that they hit you know, what was it? This is the first interception, I think. After they kicked that field goal, we threw an interception, and I was like, here it comes. They're about to 
they're throwing a bomb on us. And sure enough, I thought it was going to be to McMillan, but I think it was Cowing that caught it in the back of the end zone. Just a beautiful throw, toe touch in the back of the end zone. They hit that one on us and hit a couple of other big plays. The big crosser, they ran McMillan on the clear out and hit the crosser to Cowing all the way across. Hit us on that big one for a touchdown. And you can't give those plays up, but whenever you look at everything and the way the game unfolded, I thought there was some some stuff defensively that was really good, and I feel really positive moving forward for next year's defense. I think next year it and, and we'll see what the final roster looks like, especially on the defensive line, but I would be shocked, saddened, disappointed if next year's not the best defense that we've had around here in a long time considering the senior leadership coming back, some of the young star power, the athleticism that we've got, next year's defense should be really good. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I I thought they played the run really well. If you would have told me in the sack yardage factors it in factors in, right? What they they sacked Fafita five times, hit him yeah. a lot more than that. Yeah. And I think he ended up with like negative thirty five yards rushing in the game. Yeah. As a team, because of the sack yardage, they ended up with twenty nine yards rushing. And now they're running backs, which we liked all three of those backs coming into it. 27 yards rushing, 20 yards rushing, and 19 yards rushing. If you would have told me that's what they're going to get from their three backs, I would have said, does OU win by 10 or 21? Yeah. No, no. I, unfortunately in the three losses that the Sooners have had, we've had to come on here and say the exact same thing. Offense didn't hold up their end of the bargain. That's just, I, I, once again, I went back and watched the game. They, the defense played well enough to win, man. I'm with yeah. you. And that is, you finish the season 10, 10 and three. And if you listen to all three recap episodes after the losses, you're going to hear the same thing. Yeah. Off the defense played pretty good. Offense didn't hold up their end of the bargain. That's, that's how I saw it. Would we turn it over 12 times in our three losses? I right? was about to throw up on the sideline last night. I, 
I thought I was going to be physically ill. It's a tough watch. Now, I do want to say defensively, a couple of guys that I thought really stood out. How about Kip Lewis on that ankle coming back in and making some great plays? Whatever he had at halftime, (laughs) I want some. I want that real bad. (laughs) I don't know, because he was, for those of you that weren't there, I don't know what they showed on the broadcast. He could barely like walk around once he hurt that ankle in the first half and they were spatting it and re-spatting it. And he was trying everything and he was kind of an emotional wreck on the sideline. You could just yeah. tell he was pissed and he was pissed. He, he, he wanted to be out there. And at one point I looked at, him, I was like, dude, at some point, just go sit down. You're just, you're just causing yourself more harm than good. And then he comes jogging out of the locker room like nothing's wrong with a pep in his First step. One. He was the first one out at halftime and went over there behind the bench area and was jogging around trying to make sure it felt right. And he went out, made some big plays, a couple of big tackles for loss, a couple of just nice physical plays against the run. Uh, thrilled about him. I thought Kendall Dolby had a really good night. Big factor, was a big factor blitzing, had a couple of pass breakups. I think he tipped that ball or, or broke up that ball that Kanai Walker ended up intercepting. Thought he was good. Um, Thought he played I, fast, man. Yeah, yeah. I he mean, Cowing, good. credit to Cowing and McMillan. Those dudes can run. Mm-hmm. But I thought Kendall Dolby was, out of all the guys in the secondary, like Kendall Dolby was the one that looked like he was playing at their speed, if that makes sense. Yeah, he was good. And I know we, we touched on these two guys a little bit, but I thought Isaiah Coe maybe played his best game uh, of the season, maybe as a sooner, uh, how, how disruptive he was and, uh, Bothroyd, I thought Bothroyd, even though his stat line may not be great, he, he played really well. He was a big factor. Ho took that small little center from Arizona straight backwards a couple of times. And I don't know if he got credited for those sacks or not, but he should, because he yeah. was the reason that they happened. And then you mentioned, Arizona had run that outside zone concept and they get to it in a multitude of ways. They had run it with a lot of success. And the key to it on that front side is you got to dent the front side with, with your zone combinations on the front side. And Bothroyd was just taking that tackle and putting him in the backfield. And mm-hmm. it just completely killed that concept for him multiple times. So I, I saw, I, I saw it the exact same way you did with Bothroyd. Yep. Yep, he was he was good. Um, you know, there there was plenty of good stuff there. And again, I I hate the way that the game ended, and they just kind of ran out of steam. I mean, because they were rolling second, third quarter. It was like, oh, we're gonna steamroll these guys. Fafita couldn't even. He was all he was worried about was what was happening with the offensive line. Eyes weren't downfield. He was as panicked. And out of sorts as he was the entire year of anything that I watched. I mean, you should have saw their sideline. They were the offense. The coaches were yelling at each other. And uh, Fafita was like, he was just done. And, you know, coach fish was over there trying to get him going and pleading with him on some stuff. And I, they were a mess on the sideline, second, third quarter. And then, you know, we know what happened. Yes, we do. Anything else 
OU's defense. I'm I'm proud of the way that these guys played this year. It the end result wasn't everything that they wanted, wasn't everything that we wanted, but there was so much good in there throughout the season from a bunch of guys. And I know it's maybe not what everyone wants to hear right now, but I think the future is really bright for this defense. Agreed. All right, let's get to what we saw from OU's offense against Arizona's defense. But first, Love's Travel Stops is now offering a nationwide 10 cent per gallon discount on gas and auto diesel. Just download the Love's Connect app and scan your barcode at the prompt on screen and watch that price drop 10 cents per gallon. Across the country, the Love's Connect app unlocks exclusive deals can help any traveler plan their route or meal on the highway. So before you hit the road, be sure to download the Love's Connect app to save 10 cents per gallon and experience the country's best highway hospitality at Love's Travel Stops. Love's also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones with their expanded mobile to-go zone. And of course, don't forget to grab yourself some of that delicious Java Hamori. The land doctors have a 120-acre property for sale in East Norman, located just 10 minutes from campus. This completely wooded property sits at the intersection of East 120th Street and Tecumseh Road. If you're looking for a quiet place to go spend some time in the outdoors or a nice little hunting spot on the outskirts of town, this place is for you. There are also development and business opportunities with this property as well. Call Colton Cole to schedule private showing at 405-615-7645 or shoot him an email at colton at landdoctors.com. And celebrate with a Schooner All-American Ale, the official craft beer of OU Athletics from Coop Aleworks. Named after the iconic Sooner Schooner that races across Owen Field after an OU score, you can join in on the celebration with an ice-cold beer from Coop Aleworks. You can join it at the Palace on the Prairie, at OU Athletics events, at the bar, at the tailgate, and in the comfort of your own home. For more information on Schooner All-American Ale, visit SchoonerAle.com. Must be 21 to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Schooner All-American Ale, the taste of game day. Oh boy. Um so this has been this has been an offensive driven program for a while. And now all three losses this season I feel like we're on the offense. And you mentioned it Ted it's the same story in all those games. And this just took it to another level. Turnovers. Sticks. I don't even really know what to say about the turnover issue. But I know this. You're not beating anyone turning the ball over six times. The fact that this game was as close as it was just speaks to how well OU's defense played. Six turnovers and you only lose by 14 points. I all I know is that's unacceptable. And the number one issue that I believe you and I have with running an offense that is an RPO driven offense is that the defense can dictate what you do. And that is exactly what Arizona did. I saw a lot of people, why aren't they running it on the first drive? Why would they come out and throw it? Because Jackson Arnold was doing what he's coached to do. 
when you are in the yes-no style of decision-making at quarterback, which is what this offense is, like if you get this look, yes, you throw the RPO. If you don't get this look, no, you hand it off. They gave them yes looks all game long. Yeah, throw it. Throw it. And we'll change the picture afterwards. And a couple of times he threw it right to him. And that is my biggest, well, that's not my biggest complaint. My biggest complaint is how it affects the way that your offensive line comes off the ball. My second biggest complaint is that the defense can line up a certain way that dictates what you do offensively. And I think we saw quite a bit of that from Arizona's defense. And a couple of those, a couple of the interceptions Jackson Arnold threw, all he has to do is hand it off. They're blocked well. I know a lot of people want to get on the offensive line for all the holds. Yeah, some of them are bad. Some of them, they're also blocking runs, and Jackson Arnold's holding the ball for three seconds, making a decision in the RPO game. That is not on the offensive line. And I'm as critical as that group as anyone you'll find. I just, I don't know, man. A lot of it, I just went back and watched them. Just, I hate that they were able to dictate what OU did as much as they did. But that's, that is the 2023 Oklahoma offense. My hope is moving forward they get away from quite a bit of that. That's my hope. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's I – mean, you got to credit Arizona for for challenging I – mean, and, and this is nothing new. We've seen this over the last two years. Like, this is what teams ultimately want to do. They want to come up, play us in some, uh, some tight man-to-man coverage, and say – See if you can see if you can win. See if you can win the one on ones and see if you can make the throws. And especially with a young quarterback, like force him to throw it into into some one on one coverage. You know, it's it's a good game plan. And ultimately it looked hairy there for a little while for him, like things were gonna unravel, but they just kept playing. And we kept giving them the football. Oh yeah. Uh, let's just hit the position groups real quick. Jackson Arnold. If you would have told me he was going to throw for 361 yards before the game, I would have said, hey, call this Heisman statue guy. Tell him to get ready because <laughs> it's coming. I just 361 yards. Now, of course, uh, all, all the interceptions. But in shocking news, the game moved a little fast at times for a true freshman making his first start against a good football team. I mean, and he... You know, let's start with the positive. He made some of the best throws we've seen all year. Live arm. He's He's got a good arm. The touchdown throw to Nick Anderson, where he's sprinting to his left, contorts his body back to the right. Now, that was a hell of a catch by Nick to drag both feet. That That is, that's a first-round throw. That's what that is. And... It was one of those moments where he makes that throw and I'm standing around some of the coaches and some of the player personnel guys and we all look at each other like, whoa, that was awesome. Mm -hmm. 
the long one to Brennan Thompson. Now he's still just, he had to slow down just a little bit, but not a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. But, and that was just because the ball was a count late, but you can just see uh, he put that thing on an absolute line. Touchdown. I thought another positive, he looks really athletic to me. Getting out of the pocket, using yep. his legs. Now he needs to work on his sliding technique. We got to, there's a couple where he's just like crumbling. Double it's like, slide. yeah, we need to, we need to work on, uh, look at a little more athletic in some of those situations. But I thought, I thought it was pretty clear that his athleticism, his ability to extend plays and keep his eyes down the field, like that's going to be a big weapon for him moving forward. There was a lot of positive, man, but then the mistakes, right? The mistakes. Now, the first interception is interesting. He tries to look the safety off. I mean, you can see him turn his head and try to look him off, but the ball's just a count late. And it looked to me like that was just a good concept for for Arizona. It's like they're well coached. They doubled Drake Stoops. Now you yeah. can say, oh, it's cover one, and that guy's just hanging in the middle of the field and he's taking any, you know, you can call it whatever technique you want to call it, cut technique, you know, jump technique, whatever you want to call it. He's taking any in breaking route that Drake Stoops runs, and he that's exactly what he does. Jackson's got one-on-one everywhere else. But he went to the security blanket, and Arizona was banking on him doing that. Got him. Good play, bud. I mean, that one's just a good play yep. by them. Uh, the second one's true play action. Ball's just late. He takes an extra hitch. If you're going to rip it down the sideline with the safety in the middle of the field, who can cover ground, got to throw it early. You got to sneak it in there. Um, the third interception, hand the ball off. The picture's a little cloudy. I mean, he throws it right to the apex player, man. The guy doesn't move at all. The guy is standing exactly where I think it was Drake was running his route. You got to see that. If you're unsure, hand the ball off in the RPO game. But... Ultimately, I think it's going to be a really good learning experience for him. And it's the type of game that is going to lead to some serious growth for him. Because there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good. There's a lot to be excited about. And then, of course, you, the decision-making, the processing, like everything's got to speed up, got to become more efficient. And that will come with more reps. Yeah, I agree. I think. I don't come away from that game changing my opinion on Jackson Arnold at all. In fact, I think it some of the stuff I saw reinforced what I hoped and think the future looks like for him. Um, if if you're going to stumble and take some hard lessons, do it in one like this at the end of the season when everything else has already really been decided. And I don't want to call say it's a a game that doesn't mean anything. Everything, every game that you play in means something, but it's a uh, is a good place to learn some hard lessons. And I think he'll he'll grow. Uh, like you said, big growth opportunity from that. I'm with you. All right, Gavin Sawchuk, touchdown run was fantastic execution. They go tackle over, send Rouse over to play the right tight end spot. They run GT counter. They pull Schaefer. They pull Stogner from the backside. 
good patience from Sawchuck. Just beautiful. Hits it when he sees it, just accelerates as fast as I've ever seen him accelerate through a hole in his career at OU. Just an awesome play. The 60-yard, or it wasn't a touchdown, but the 60-yard run in the second quarter. As as fast and as explosive as I've seen him look on tape. Just looked like he was hauling, man. And then he tweaks the hammy again. And uh, credit to him for trying to battle through that. But it, it was clear once he tweaked that hammy, he kind of got in the open field and pulled up. Once he tweaked, he just won the same guy the rest of the way. And the fact that they can't, they can't turn to Javante Barnes, that they have to put a hurt Gavin Sawchuck out there, I don't know, man. I I don't know what's happened to that guy. I don't know. He looked he looked great last year at times. I mean, you go back to the bowl game, looked fantastic, but even throughout the season last year, it didn't get a lot of opportunities, but when he came in, he came in with juice. So when they ran it, when they handed the ball off, you know, it was a little rough early, but what did Sawcheck average? Almost nine yards a carry. And if you take away the 62 yarder, he still averaged five a carry. So I don't know. Wide receivers, Drake Stoops. I don't know what else to say about that guy. I wish everyone on the offense would have played with the energy and the edge that he played with. Watching him and Manu go at it, just jawing at each other the entire game, that was fun. I mean, Drake gets absolutely smoked, gets his helmet knocked off, and is talking trash in that dude's face. I loved it. Absolutely loved it, man. That's one of the most frustrating things of the whole game for me is that apparently Arizona at all the functions all week was talking all kinds of shit nonstop. Right. And when the game started, it was more of the same. It was nonstop. And that's Arizona. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's Arizona. That's, that's the frustrating thing to me. You I know. I don't want to take anything away from Arizona. I think Jed Fish is a hell of a football coach. I'm not sure how long he's going to be there. Yeah. I think he's going to get a big-time job. And what he's done with that program is, I mean, it's impressive. It really is. Mm -hmm. I know we didn't have some guys, but you got to beat Arizona, man. Have to. The, the you, don't lose, you don't lose to Arizona in football if you're Oklahoma. The that's, whole four quarters should have looked like the second and third quarter. That's why I'm really glad that you had to catch the charter flight back after the game. I'm really glad we didn't record right after the game because both you and I were, what's the best way to put it, hot. Yeah. Steaming was, a little bit. Yeah. But <laughs> Drake Stoops, I, I don't know what else we could say. I, his effort on Farouk's second fumble, right? The one that gets returned for the touchdown. They ended up ruling it a fumble. 
Drake stoops on that play. It's it, it's a microcosm of him as a football player. He's doing everything on the play. He goes in motion. He yo-yos back. They fake a handoff to him. He carries out the fake with intensity and speed. Ball goes to the other side of the field. Farouk, I guess maybe the guy's helmet hits right on the ball. I don't know. Secure the football, man. But Drake Stoops sprints faster than anyone else is running on the field and makes it interesting around the goal line. Like, it's just, it's just another reason why I'm really going to miss that guy in an OU uniform. Farouk, I mean, the fumbles, they're absolute backbreakers. My goodness. Uh, First one, you got a ton of momentum. You just went on your first touchdown drive. The offense is finally feeling good about things. The defense gets the pick. Jackson Arnold throws an absolute strike. You go and fumble the ball inside the 10-yard line. Just brutal. Points off the board. Points off the board. Then, late third, looks like you are going to put the game away. Another nice throw from Jackson Arnold to Farouk. He protects him, throws it to his back shoulder, away from the guy that's going to hit him, tries to protect him. I, I don't really know what happened there. I don't know if the guy just perfectly put his helmet on the ball or what, but ball goes flying in the air. They return it for a touchdown. Completely changed the game from that point. It was all Arizona from that point. I don't know how else to put it, but Jalil Farouk's going to want to forget that game. He's going to forget the whole season. He had at least, but I can just remember off the top of my head, twice as many turnovers as he had touchdowns. He had two touchdowns on the entire season. Mm. I I would assume he'll be back next season. When our number one guy went down to Texas, like you got this big, you know, vacuum of, of playmaking that needs to happen at the wide receiver spot. It's tough. Nick Anderson, some good things. Uh, the touchdown catch, my goodness. That was awesome. Uh, I, I really liked the little two-man tunnel screen concept they went with. Mm-hmm. And just a little exchange there, and he, he did something with it. I really liked the wiggle he showed there. Like that was That was as sudden as he's looked. Like, we knew he had long speed, good route running, but the suddenness he displayed there, that got me excited. Brennan Thompson, that dude can run. Yes, he can. I Did they did they show him stumbling and staggering on the broadcast? That, dude, that was, so. that was hard to watch in person. Yeah, I just caught the back end of it. Ooh, man. I mean, it yeah. was... It was the classic fall down, get up, stumble, fall down, get up, stumble. It was, it was bad, man. Yeah. Hopefully oh. he's okay. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. weird because the. He I hit thought, his head on the ground. I, that's what it looked like. But even that didn't look incredibly violent. I thought, you know, as the play unfolded and I'm watching the return down to the end zone. And then I look back and see him wobble and go down again for the final time. I didn't see the first couple, but I saw the last one. I thought, surely we've got a targeting 
that we're going to be looking at here at a minimum, but the hit was clean and it wasn't, didn't look like it was much to the head and his head hit the ground when he went down, but I was, I was shocked at the result, but hey, that was a huge play in the game because they were going to have to figure out a way to deal with that speed out there. If they were going to try and stay in that man-to-man coverage, they were they, not going to be able to do that. Well, they didn't have an answer for it. Yeah. On the play, he gets hurt. I mean, he creates an incredible amount of separation. Yeah, and if he if he spins out of that cleanly, there ain't no one that's going to catch him. Forget about it. No, but yeah, I, he was on his way to having a massive second half in that game. It, and the touchdown and even the play he got hurt on, it just makes you wonder, like, why, why doesn't he play more? I mean, the I guy know. has, he's clearly the fastest player on the team. And he'll no, be the I, fastest player on the field anytime he's out there. Yeah, so yeah, maybe he continues to battle some nagging injuries. You know, it seems like that's been his biggest issue, but man, he gave the team a spark. There's no doubt about it. Offensive line, let's finish this up. I Just not good enough. Uh, the holding penalties were absolute killers. Now, I'm of the opinion that some of them, that's – it's not on the offensive line. If you're going to throw the RPO, throw the damn football, okay? Because those guys are blocking run. They are blocking run. But so a little bad luck, you know, you stop your feet, you get tired late, some lazy stuff late that was disappointing. I really don't have a ton of thoughts on what they did in the run game because they threw it on so many of the called RPOs. Uh, when they did hand it off, saw Chuck average 8.9 per carry. You removed the 62 yarder, then saw Chuck had 14 carries for 72 yards. That's over five a carry. So if you want to say they were god awful, okay, go ahead. I thought pass protection was pretty decent too. The holdings, yeah, some of them were absolute backbreakers, but I thought. It felt to me like a lot of the holdings, especially late, ended up being just kind of a symptom of the way the game unfolded. You yeah. know what I'm saying? If you don't, if you don't turn it over six times, they're not hanging on for dear life at the end of the game. I'm, I'm with you. Like the the one that Rouse gets. I mean, he's got his guy locked up for four and a half, five seconds. And then Jackson Arnold goes out to the left. His guy tries to break it. Like he's got him locked. That. That's not a bad play by him. It's not. You can't convince me that's a bad play by him. If you say that's a bad play, in my opinion, you're an idiot. <laughs> but I just, yeah, it was frustrating. I, I thought for the most part, like the pass protection, it had been a strength of the guys that were on this offensive line all season long. And with a couple of those guys out, three of those guys out, it. I thought the protection was pretty good. It's not... Like you compare what was happening to Fafita to what was happening yeah. to Jackson Arnold, like it's not even close, man. Yeah. So I I get the criticism and it absolutely wasn't good enough, but it's it's not like it was god awful. Right. You just gotta run the damn ball sometimes. You gotta have some call it runs. You gotta have more of them. Um 
I will say I was, and and I know that it the the game was absolutely slipping away from him, but the sixth turnover. You can't let your quarterback get blasted like that on a three-man rush on a simple twist game. That's terrible. Terrible. Yep. Guys had a long day. You can't – three-man rush. A simple, like, nose-in twist and a three-man rush. And he comes scot-free and blasts your quarterback in the face. Like, that's just – that's awful ball. Awful <laughs> You know, it's a twist is coming from somewhere in a three man rush. They're not going to just go straight. <laughs> it's, and it can come from this side or that side. I don't know. I just a few thoughts. Um, Rouse was really emotional after the game. Guy cares. Was he a perfect player? No, but he just might have been the most consistent guy that OU had this season. Um, Caleb Schaefer. I thought that he he battled. He clearly got tired, and he just he doesn't have the athleticism. Troy Everett, props to him for playing through a lot of that second half with the knee injury. Uh, he clearly was in a lot of pain and just kept playing on one leg. Mm-hmm. Showed me something. Now he had he had some bad plays in the first half, but for the most part, thought held up pretty dang well. Hopefully that. That knee's nothing serious. And then Sexton is just bottom line. Guy's got to get stronger. It's going to be a really, really, really good player. He has to live in the weight room. All winter. Don't let him out. Lock him in there. Make him sleep in it. Because they need him to be a damn player next season. And he's got to get stronger with this team heading in the SEC. Mm-hmm. That's all I got, man. Frustrated. Frustrated. I'm really glad we waited today. <laughs> yeah. I would have been screaming and cussing, and I know a lot of people listen with their kids, and they all would have been mad at me, but was able to cool off a little bit. And the bottom line is I didn't love what we saw offensively. I hope that it changes in the offseason uh, from, from some standpoints. I'm excited about Jackson Arnold. A couple of those throws made me go, oh. But there are, there's no doubt there's holes to be filled. But just, it's frustrating that all three games, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Offense letting letting the team down. It's frustrating, man. Well, the last thing I'll say about it is this. Um, we got a bunch of young guys to be excited about, and I think the future looks bright. But as a football team, everyone, offense, defense, special teams, we have to be a smarter football team. We have to be a more disciplined football team, and we have to be a tougher football team and those three things have nothing to do with your recruiting ranking where you transferred how big of an nil deal you have it's just it's like we have to win every game on those three things 
that's where we have to start. And unfortunately, it it wasn't there enough this year. It was there from a, a handful of guys and some great moments from the team, but not nearly consistent in those three easy factors. No doubt. Credit to Arizona. Good football team. Mm-hmm. Um, nice end to a to a special season for that program. Let's get to call your shot. We asked you guys your number one takeaway from the loss. Dimitri Flowers chimes in and says, Joe John Finley and Seth Luttrell coming out with a reverse followed by a shot play back-to-back out of the half has me very optimistic about the offense next year. I like it. Thanks, Dimitri. That makes me feel better. He's right, that though. Was, it was good. And What was Gavin Freeman doing? YOLO. <laughs> Fair enough. It was a hell of a hurdle. I mean, there was there was people in the way, but it was a hell of a hurdle. I think really what it was is they were hiding the speed that they had out there on the field that they were about to go deep with. Get you enamored and forget about who you're about to cover. You know, with the reverse play, it kind of scrambles the brain a little bit for a, for a play, breaks some of your rules, and then, you know, hit the burner down the, down the middle of the field. Nice. All right, this other one comes from 955RAP who says separation is such an important word in football. On one hand, you need it. On the other hand, you must avoid it. Receivers must separate from defenders. Receivers must not get separated from the ball. Separation cost us the game. It's a pretty interesting way of putting it. Separation cost us this game. When we had an opportunity to punch it in and go up and have the uh, the bus drivers for Arizona go out and, and light up the old diesel engines and get ready to, to hit the airport. A missed opportunity. Gosh. Mm. That was such a, just a backbreaker. My goodness. Let's talk a little college football playoff with the one and only Stanford Steve. But first... Elevate your tailgate with Chapel Supply and Equipment in Oklahoma City. Chapel Supply and Equipment has generators and inverters on hand that will give you all the power you need so you can take your tailgate to the next level. They've also got top-of-the-line heaters to keep you warm during those cold tailgates later in the season. They're Oklahoma-owned and operated. Elevate your tailgate by calling 405-495-1722 or visit chapelsupply.com. That's C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L supply.com. And First Fidelity Bank knows how to keep fans like you happy. With more than 50 awards in the last five years, including Forbes Best in State Bank, the Oklahoma's Community Choice Awards, and the Journal Records Reader Rankings, it is clear that they're Oklahoma's number one pick for quality banking. And you can find that level of outstanding service in everything FFB offers. Open an account at an award-winning bank today at ffb.com. First Fidelity Bank, we go where you go. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School represents a tradition of educational excellence in Oklahoma City. Grounded in a faith-based education, Bishop McGinnis offers a college prep curriculum that includes 22 AP courses, participation in OSSAA athletics, and numerous clubs and organizations for students to join and grow. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. 
and head to opolisclothing.com for our podcast merchandise and the best OU gear out there. That's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com and use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 10% off. That's opolisclothing.com and use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off. Coming up, Stanford Steve. Let's go. It is our pleasure to be joined by a man you can see on College Game Day. You may have heard of it. You can also see him on Sports Center. May have heard of it. Stanford Steve is in the house. What's going on, big guy? Gentlemen, happy holidays. Awesome to be back with you. Uh, I, I, we'll get into it, but the 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 whirlwind of this season is uh is definitely it's sunk in. Now that we're uh, we're in bowl season heavy duty, and uh, but it's 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 awesome to be on with you guys for sure. Yeah, it's crazy to take stock of a season where you <laughs> you got a team in the playoff whose coach was barely with them this year. You've got like transfer portal stuff going crazy right now. Um, it's it's college football is as weird as it's ever been. No doubt, and like it's so good you pointed that out because I'm watching these games now, and. You know, Minnesota, that story's out. Like, I hope this kid plays well. They, they had to give him 30 grand to, to play quarterback because they didn't have another one because everybody left. And then the idea that you're in the portal, but you're going to play in the bowl game, I don't know how that resonates. I mean, guys, we grew up in the locker room, you know? Like, what? I mean, bowl games were the best weeks of my college life. And now you have guys opting out to go in the portal and leave and not go to them. Then you have guys that are, yeah, I, yeah, I'll play, but I'm not going to be here after the game. Like I just, the whole mindset of this is is totally weird. Weird, you said it, just weird to me. Uh, but we do have um, plenty of teams with motivation. You know, I, I look at a team like Missouri who took you know overexceeded expectations, and now they get a chance to play Ohio State in a big time bowl game. Like they're going to be, <clears throat> they're going to be ready. Uh, you know, you obviously got two, you know, incredible games for for the playoff. Uh, so I, I'm really interested to see how these teams hand have handled the weeks after the season and now bowl games and 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 moving forward, not knowing what rosters are and, and all that stuff. I, I definitely, you know, we've got you on to preview uh, the semifinals, but before we dive into both of those games. What has it been like, right? Part of college game day, right? You take over, you're there at the desk, you're on the set. Like, what what has that change been like for you? Because now, I mean, you're on college game day every weekend. That's a <laughs> that's a big damn deal, man. Yeah, it. Uh, well, the 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 turnover was something that I I I was expecting to be different. You know, I'm a night guy. You know, working with Scott at Sports Center, we're midnight Eastern. We're live every night. And then to turn around and be the morning guy, and I'll I, I it it still sticks in my brain. The first week we're in Charlotte, and everybody's like, "Oh, you know, neutral crowd. It'll be fun. It'll be Charlotte. It'll be hot." And we literally were staying over uh, across the street from our set, and I I'm the new guy, so I got the early Sports Center hit at seven thirty in the morning, and the sun's barely up, but you know the DJ's rocking with music, like it is a party right there at 7.30, and just on that whole walk over, hearing music, hearing the crowd noise, hearing North Carolina and South Carolina do their chants at that early in the morning, 
And then I'm getting mic'd up, and it's like, all right, you got to get ready to talk live on TV. Like, this is, it was just a total 360 from what, or 180 from what I'm accustomed to, you know, as, as Scott and I are in a studio and no one's in there, and we're wondering if anybody's watching that show to, hey, these people need you to perform right now. So the, the idea of going from a night guy to a morning guy was, I mean, that we hit that thing running uh, quick, but to, I just, the energy. The energy of that show, what it brings, along with the people at the set, uh, the students, the fan bases, uh, no matter what it is, uh, you know, they're they're there before we are, uh, you know, pe- seeing people, you know, get in line at, in Seattle. We get done on Friday, uh, you know, with our college football live and different sports center tapings at, I think it was four o'clock local and the lines already started. It's raining. Like these kids are sleeping outside to get up or I don't know if they got up, but they may have just stayed up, uh, <laughs> you know, and we're, we're on the air for game day. And, you know, I'm out there at, I think, God, what time was that tape? Four 30 in the morning uh, to, to get that thing going. And it's, and it's rocking. I mean, there's, there's not a, there's not a place to, to stand on the quad. And again, it's, it's misting. It's not great conditions. Uh, but to see that go out West, uh, and, 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 and feel that, you know, Washington, I've always said is, is the loudest place I ever played in, uh, you know, with all the science and the overhangs and when Washington's rocking, they got it. Uh, and uh, just to see it like that, that fan base is all the way in. Uh, and I've always uh, thought the world of them, uh, that Pacific Northwest, I saw it with the Seahawks game a couple of weeks ago and I, I finally figured it out. Like they don't care what the conditions are because they're so used to it. And I talk to people that go and play there, like even, you know, guys in the Eagles side, they're wondering what gloves they're going to wear, long sleeves, are we going to go, you know, thermal underneath? Like that whole week, all you're thinking about is what am I going to wear for the game? And these people just show up in a T-shirt and then throw, you know, a, a slicker on and they're ready to go. So it uh, to see all of that in, in week after week after week, um, is has been absolutely astounding. Uh, but the, the, the whole thing that helps and, and drives it is the energy, no matter where you look, uh, it's just a, it's just a genuine energy that you, you don't get on a daily basis, especially not in a studio in Washington, DC with Scott at midnight, you got to create your own energy and excitement, you know? So, uh, that's, that's what it's been. Uh, the guys have been incredible of accepting me in and, and bringing me along for the ride. So, uh, I can't wait to get to Pasadena. We got two shows, uh, on Saturday and Monday to, to get this thing cranked up and, um, we'll, we'll, we'll hit, we'll hit it running. It looks like a well-oiled machine. Now oh. I know you're like, you're in the fire. There's chaos everywhere. There's crowd. It, are there any like behind the scenes things of like uh, total panic? Because whenever you guys are, oh, it looks great. Everyone looks like they're right there in their element. But I gotta imagine every now and then behind the scenes, there's some stuff that's just uh, going crazy. No doubt, no doubt. And I think that has to do more with the truck. You know, the production guys in the truck back there, uh, where we don't hear it. They they press a button to talk to us, but when we're not hearing it and we're on the air, you know, whether it's breaking news and Thamel's got an injury going or, you know, uh, uh, an interview, a live person's not ready to go, you know, it's like, all right, you know, you know, keep going, but they do a great job. Uh, we do have a, a really structured deal. Uh, you know, we start on Monday morning, uh, we have a meeting on zoom with everybody on it. And then, you know, we start getting ideas, our features, people are weeks ahead of us. 
uh, looking at the schedule. Hey, we could be here. Let's do this piece on so-and-so. Uh, so, you know, we do have a rundown that has structure in it. So based off of, uh, you know, going in at 9 a.m., we know what we're doing. But, yeah, I mean, the the way, you know, guys are sitting out on, on days of games and injuries day-to-day or, you know, a home team that has an injury, you don't know until he does warm-ups. Like, that That stuff is, is, is full go. And that's why, I mean, Reese Davis, what he does with no prompter, or, you know, just his own self-written notes uh, is still amazing to see in person the way he could quarterback that thing uh, when you got all us characters up there and, you know, we're trying to figure out where we are and he's just right there, that steady that steady guy uh, that, that keeps us in line and, and makes sure we're off the air when we're supposed to be. That gets a little chaotic, too, with the picks at the end. But, um, no, it's... It, there's there's a couple you know I I sit right in Herbie's line of vision so there's a lot of you know eyes opening at each other when when something gets said in our ear or somebody's not ready to go or you know somebody calls something on the show uh, but that's that's good and and yeah it's it's a learning experience I've <clears throat> worked with Scott for so long that we know each other inside and out and that was my thing like when am I going to chime in here and Herbie's done a great job of of you know bringing me in. Uh, on certain conversations and, and get my opinion in there. So uh, it's it's been a whirlwind, but um, I, I guess I keep going back. Energy, but fun. I mean, it, there's nothing better than being up there and, and, and talking ball with the guys. It's, it's, it's the best thing we have. You've experienced a lot of great environments now in your career as a player and now doing what you do. Ran into you on the sideline of the Cotton Bowl at OU yeah. Texas this year. How, what what do you think about that game, it, especially this one in particular? This one, this is a great year to be there, right? Yeah. Fantastic finish, uh, especially if you are uh, Sooner alums like us. Yeah. But what what did you think of that entire experience? Well, I I never got to check back with you. I needed to check your energy level after that game. You were yeah, dude, that's that sideline was going, boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's it, it's really cool. I I it was. To be around two of them, that was my first one, the Cotton Bowl. I mean, the State Fair right there, that whole day before leading up with people coming around, us going out and having fun, doing the, the, the different games and stuff. But to everybody, to hear everybody say it's 50-50, you know, is one thing. But then we're down there for the last hour. Uh, you know, the field goal kick kid comes out in the middle of the warm-ups and Sark's down there watching it. You know, Venable's got his guys going. Uh, the alumni from both, Boz walking around, doing his whole thing. And, you know, with his imi- imita- uh, intimidation factor where he just looks you in the eye and you're like, wow, this this that that was my guy growing up. And here he is on the sideline getting his guys ready. But to, to hear about it being 50-50, but then to be in it, and, and here, I mean, no matter what happens, that stadium's rocking. And it, it's a lot like the SEC title game uh, to be there this this year for the first time with Alabama and Georgia and those brands that are up there with Texas and Oklahoma. But to hear no matter what happens on a play, it's going to be loud. And then when you the, the momentum swings in that Texas-Oklahoma game, I mean, Dylan Gabriel, the way I believe he's still the only uh, person. No, Wyoming had one guy run for 100. But to see him – just say, this is what I got to do to get my team to win and and take the ball and run for over 100 yards. That was incredible uh, to, to see that. And, and like, again, the momentum swings, the bands going, the sidelines are just as intense as there is. 
uh, was really, really cool to see. And then to see, all right, we know the, the game was set up, whoever had the ball last, and then, all right, Oklahoma's got it. Here we go. And and they go down and get the game-winning field goal, and to see that scene after it uh, was was really, really cool. Uh, not often do we get there and the games live up to it, guys. You know, like you, you, we do this whole pregame the week up, game day the morning of, and then to get a game that lives up to the expectation uh, was something that 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 stood out for sure uh, out of out of all the rest of them. No, you got a good close look at at Texas, and you know they've made their first college football playoff. Texas, Washington, I think that's going to be a great game. Texas. I mean, both of these teams really battle-tested. You know, you got to see the, the OU-Texas game, and obviously they went down to Tuscaloosa. What yeah. do you think, Texas-Washington? It looks like it's going to be a great one. Yeah, no no doubt about it. Uh, I can't wait to see how this plays out because, I, in my opinion, I think it's two of the six best play callers in the sport uh, when you look at Sark and Grubb. And when you look at Texas – Seeing those guys, I mean, being on the field, you said it in Tuscaloosa, watching that D-line warm up, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it's just war daddies. Uh, the size, the speed, uh, and, and the effect they have on a game. And that's why I always, I always say you need to be a great team in college football. Your defensive line and your O-line have to travel. They, they have to travel and play. Those are the things that you don't see a lot uh, when teams go on the road. Those teams, if they have a weakness, they get exposed. And to see Texas dictate uh, tempo, whatever you wanted, in Tuscaloosa was really eye-opening. But when you look at the matchup, I look at Washington as a team that's finally healthy. Uh, they ran a gauntlet of a schedule. Uh, when you look at those teams, they, you know, you go to USC, you still got to deal with Caleb Williams. They get that, that, you know, in the rain against Oregon State is a hungry team who's always, you know, had that little brother mentality against you. And you do whatever you got to do to win that. Uh, you win your rivalry game. And then to go and win the Pac-12 championship as an underdog against a team no one uh, thought you were going to beat for a second time. Uh, I, I think it was just a tribute to them, but I think the health of them was was huge. When you look at the receivers, they got three NFL guys, and Penix is, has been good. That offensive line, the the history of the Joe Moore Award in the in the playoff has not been good, but I will take my shot with this Washington team uh, because I do believe in what they are. There, there's a real continuity uh, with that, and I love I look at diving in. You know, three of the four teams, the offense coordinators are old line coaches. That, that that that's a cool thing to see you know I know Sark calls the plays uh but flood is is the OC there at Texas uh but I think Washington has what you want to go against Texas Texas is gonna have to play a true freshman in safety true freshman at corner both great players plenty of experience they still are true freshmen and Washington has guys uh on the edge and the other thing with Washington as I don't know how effective they're gonna be but there's a balance to that offense with Dylan Johnson uh average almost six yards of carry in this last six game. Uh, uh, stretch where he was finally healthy. Uh, and you really saw that against Oregon where they wore him down. And, and you know, when they had to do run the clock out, they gave him the ball and they got it done. So I, I, I like Washington uh, in this game. Uh, their defense is going to have to handle those momentum swings. I would imagine Texas is going to have uh, more of the fan base there. So it'll be, you know, louder when Texas is doing things well uh, in, 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 in New Orleans. But I, I do believe in, in, in Washington and Penix in this offensive um, game plan 
that they will bring to the table, which they need to be, you know, multifaceted. They need to have balance because if you let Texas line up up front and they know what you have to do as far as down and distance and they can predict what's going to happen, uh, they got to stay out of those situations. But uh, I'll, I'll take Washington in that game. We'll get you back to the interview. But first... John Vance Auto Group has a deal for Oklahoma Breakdown listeners. Go to any of their nine full-service dealerships in Woodward, Miami, and Guthrie. Tell them we sent you, and they'll give you $500 off. That's $500 off just because you listen to this podcast. They've been serving Oklahomans for 40 years, family-owned and operated. No matter what your vehicle needs are, John Vance Auto Group has you covered. They carry domestic brands such as Ford, Lincoln, Chevy, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Ram, Jeep, and Wagoneer. John Vance Auto Group's goal is to give unequaled service and to exceed customers' expectations in every way. You can find all their information about their lifetime loyalty program, browse their entire inventory, and find the John Vance dealership near you at vanceautogroup.com. And attention business owners, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is the one, one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A dot com. And head to the garage for hand-smashed patties, butter-toasted buns, and ice-cold beer. It's the perfect spot to watch any big game. And with all the garage locations being open at 10 p.m. or later every night, it's the go-to late-night spot. Visit eatatthegarage.com to find a location near you and order online from the garage in your neighborhood. All right, back to the interview. What type of game are you expecting between those two teams? Uh, Over-under is 63-and-a-half. What do, you, what do you think? Because Washington, they, they can just – they can strike so quickly mm-hmm. with those wide receivers that you mentioned. But Texas also has that element to them. Yeah. It, do you think it just comes down to kind of how Ewers plays at the quarterback position for Texas? No doubt. No doubt. I, I think it's a monster spot uh, for I, – I look at Ewers. I think Penix is going to play – play well no matter what happens uh we've seen them in circumstances like this but with texas uh yours you know missing some time didn't get the full slate uh you know so when it comes to postseason awards he's not up there but when you look at arm talent uh game plan balance of offense you know i know they lost the running back but they have guys you know stark has done a great job recruiting they have two guys that come in and they don't lose a beat uh with that but i look at yours with that combination of the offensive line how much are they going to spend on, you know, Sark loves those play action, long developing plays. Are they going to have time to do that? Because Washington has two, you know, NFL guys all coming off the edge uh, with Trice and, and ZTF. So when you look at Texas, again, them with the balance, uh, you can't be in predictable situations in games like this because the teams that you're playing against are good enough to to, to take advantage of knowing um, – what you need to do in those, you know, a third and long or second and long stuff like that. So yours, yes, a lot on his plate. But again, I, I, Sark, I never worry about, you know, a game plan. Uh, but I, I just, I feel like Washington has a couple more playmakers and that is the difference. I do. I mean, it's definitely going to be more high scoring than the other game. 
uh, when you look at what those two teams bring to the bring to the table uh, as far as a defensive uh, mindset. So yeah, I, I I mean being at both Washington Oregon games thirty six thirty three. Uh, you know, both games into 30, I could see that. I, I, I would, wouldn't be surprised if somebody scores 40 in one of those games. But again, the momentum swings and being able to handle that, I feel like Washington's been tested more than Texas, and that's another reason I like them. What do you think about the quarterback battle? You know, I've, I've <laughs> taken some heat for it, whatever, but, you know, I, I, don't, I just think Quinn Ewers is okay. Uh-huh. I think he's got a really good play caller. I think yep. he's got a great group of skill position players around him. He'll make some nice throws every now and then when things are on schedule. But outside of that, I just think he's okay. I think Penix is excellent. Mm-hmm. I is Am I crazy that I think that there's a pretty large discrepancy between the quarterbacks that Washington is quite a bit better and ultimately that's Maybe oversimplifying, but that could be the difference in the game. I, I feel the same way. I it, it, like I said. I, I think we were talking to Scott on the plane the other day. Who would you rather have, Penix or Ewers? And it wasn't even close. You know, we both we both said Penix. But I will say, with this time in prep, Ewers is going to be set up to be successful. Now, when you get on the stage, what do you do? You know, you, you you got all the prep. You had plenty of practice. You watched every single game of them this season on tape. You know, what do you do in these circumstances? You know, early on in the third down, do you take a chance and try to get a ball? I mean, he knows how strong his arm is. We know how strong it is. Does he gamble and take that chance to get a ball in there on a third down, or does he throw it away and, and play field position early on when teams are still trying to feel each other out. That That's what I want to see on, on Ewers because we haven't really seen it. You know, the Big 12 game, the title game, you know, they did whatever they wanted against Oklahoma State. You don't really get to factor that in. But when you look at the games that, you know, they build up big leads, uh, you know, and then they've, they've held on when you look at, you know, some of those games late, you know, whether it's going to Ames. Uh, I'm trying to think who else came back against uh, the even the Houston game was was weird and that's I believe that's the game he got hurt too yeah but yeah I, I think I think seeing yours on this stage uh with what's on the line this is something we haven't seen whereas Penix I feel like we've seen more of him because he's probably played more college football than anybody uh not named uh Bo Nix so no it, it I think all eyes are on yours if they're gonna win this game it's gonna be because he played well uh and I I'm, I'm they're confident, you know, talking to people around them because they're around them every day. Us out here, we turn on the TV on Saturday, and that's what we see. So I'm, I'm with you there. I, I want to see uh, what yours does on this stage. So it seems like you like Washington mm-hmm. in, in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, looking at the Rose Bowl, yeah, I, I think this is where the conversation starts, Steve. Do you think Michigan? Can bully Bama at the line of scrimmage? No, no, I don't. Uh, but I will say, what I think the key to the game is is Michigan's going to have to do something they haven't done all year, and it's not to their fault. They haven't had to because of the teams they've played. But they're going to have to throw the football. They, they're not going to be able to line up. They'll they'll get creative in the run game. You know they'll they'll get your pin and pulls going. They'll mix in you know some zone. I think the injury is Zinter losing him being there at the Ohio State game was it was a huge 
factor. Uh, I don't think this Michigan offensive line is close to what they've been the last couple of years. And when you look at Alabama, they got they got difference makers up front. Dallas Turner's the real deal uh, coming off the edge. Braswell is as strong as a kid as I've ever seen. I, I got to see him play. He's from Baltimore, uh, went to St. Francis. I, I remember him in high school, but just a just a just stupid strong dude that you get coming off the other edge. And I, I really, really like Alabama's secondary. You know, there's a lot of conversation going in the SEC title game. Whose secondary would you rather have, Georgia or Bama? I was on Bama's side. Uh, I, I I thought Texas, when they got them, they just – they schemed them up. And in order to beat a Saban team, you got to take shots. You you can't line up. Argent, all right, let's see what we do on third down. You have to be able to take shots over the top. And I thought they did that to Kool-Aid McKinstry. Um, I think Arnold's a better corner than he is. I know he's got the name and, and all that stuff. But when you look at a true freshman in downs, who I think is just spectacular as a safety. I mean, an ultimate quarterback back there uh, making plays. I feel like Michigan hasn't seen this kind of balance on defense. But, again, you have this time to prep. Harbaugh's been really good at, you know, just drawing up, you know, what self-scouting, right? You, as much as you watch the tape, you go back and watch, all right, what are our tendencies that when we get into a – third and four what's our number one play what's a little you know change up that we could throw with hey say the same formation uh that we could get you know an advantage of you know going weak side or, or running a bootleg off of off of a, a run play that that's where Michigan has to be creative uh because when you look at it JJ McCarthy on this stage last year had two cataclysmic pick sixes against TCU those are those are why they didn't win that game uh, and now I can't imagine how long this year has been for him to get back to this stage and prove that 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 wasn't him. That was that was a young kid in, in uh, on that stage for the first time. So I think a lot is on McCarthy. I think he has the ability to extend plays, uh, you know, and I, I think he's going to need to do that. Uh, whether it's getting a, you know running for a third down or extending a play and and, and buying time to to let another guy get open, uh, I also think their tight ends are are a huge factor in what they do. And I look for against Ohio State, they got those guys loose uh, for some huge third downs where we hadn't seen it all year uh, because they were able to run the football. So I think getting creative in the run game. And, and using the tight ends in the pass game where they could slip guys out when it looks like it's a run are, are going to be huge factors uh, for Michigan to have success on offense. Yeah, I, sometimes you never know. Um, you kind of go around and round in your head over some things, but is it a problem that Michigan hasn't really been tested? And I know that Ohio State game was close late, but, I mean, it, yeah. They have to be incredibly uncomfortable if they get behind uh, no the scores. And that can happen. I mean, I, I don't yep. think it's going to be some high-scoring game, but does the fact that they haven't really been tested this season, is that something that hurts them going in? I, I, I think it does. Uh, now, it's a credit to them. Again, I, I keep saying I don't want to take you know anything away from them. They've done what they've had to do to get to this position. But when you factor in, like you just said, they haven't been tested fully or multiple times even. And then you factor what's on the other side and who's going to be challenging them. Going back, I think the best quarterback they played is 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 Leah Tungavailoa from Maryland. I, I really like go through the schedule. There, there's not a quarterback on there now 
when you factor in the athlete that Jalen Milrow is, uh, I, I don't know how you prep for it. And when you get down to it and you line up, there's nothing you could do to, to, to prep for because he's as different of a player as they've seen in 13 games. Uh, it, and, and, and when you look at, you know, everybody was making fun of Georgia's schedule going through the year. I kept looking at Michigan's. I'm like, who's Michigan played? You know, I, I, I get it. The Big Ten's down. But when you get to this decisive of a of a game in a in a circumstance, you got to have a lot of trust in yourself. And I'm sure Michigan does. But what's your plan B when what you've done doesn't work? And that that that's what I wonder about in in the bowl pro. Like, all right, hey, how do we create for this situation? Because when you line up and and it's a third down, and you know that quarterback can run as well as anyone on the field. Uh, and it's a big time situation in the game. I, I I don't know how you go about that. Do you account for more guys? Because then they have guys that can get open on the back end. And I, I think what's different about him is he throws a great deep ball. It's probably the best ball he throws. Uh, so I, I think Tommy Reese has done a great job uh, in developing him and, you know, being there, you know, after the Texas game, I mean, he didn't play well, the bench, whatever, all that thing played out to see him take the steps and now, and then be in Atlanta and see the confidence uh, he played with he I mean he thought he was the best player on the field you saw that the first couple series so Michigan in an idea of how they prep for a player like Milrow that's that's the that's the one that would scare me for Michigan so sounds like you're on Bama in the Rose Bowl yeah I we're, we're to that point right Cape where it's been so long that you're like, all right, maybe I should start thinking about the other side of this game. But I, I just, I mean, all the cliches, all you want. I, I just feel like Bama has the advantage. Uh, now going in and diving into the numbers, I thought it was interesting how many guys Michigan has played up front on the defensive line, because that's what's happened a lot in these big 10 versus SEC games. Either side of the line of scrimmage gets worn down. Michigan should not get worn down uh, on the defensive side. I do expect their defensive line to play well against that offensive line of Bama, but can they do it for a whole 60 minutes because they haven't had to? That's where you start seeing it. I mean, that's where the SEC schools with their depth have made a difference in the playoff games playing against these other conferences. So, yeah, Michigan being favored is still puzzling to me. Um, I, I, I would make the game a pick them. I really would. I, I think that Michigan does bring to the table. Like I said, with that defensive side of the ball, a different type of big 10 team we've seen. And, you know, n- last year means nothing, but Ohio state played their best game of the season and lost to Georgia. I mean, CJ Stroud was absolutely incredible in that game. And you go back and you look at the NFL guys, Georgia had, and you see how well, Ohio State plays, then they lose Harrison, and it's just you, you being in that building. You just feel the air coming out of the ball as as the fourth quarter goes on because of Georgia and all their players they had. So, I Michigan playing with a lead would be huge uh, if, if they can hang around, and and they're going to need at least stay one possession. If this gets to double uh, possessions, you know, uh, or double digit uh, score, I think Michigan's in trouble because again, it gets back into. The defense knowing what you want to do because you're down and you're trailing and you're going to want to throw the ball more, and that's not your strength. Uh, so I think Michigan playing with a lead would be huge, uh, but I still think the the athleticism of Alabama um, and their difference makers they have 
on both sides of the ball is the difference in the game. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know that it matters necessarily, but is because I think all of the matchups could be great for the national championship. Is there one that you would prefer to see the, the two teams in the title game for, I don't know, storylines, whatever reason, is there a championship game that you you would like to see? Well, I'll be selfish here. I, bet the matchup of Alabama and Washington for plus 650 so I would like really like to see that matchup um no I I, I don't think so I mean obviously everybody's calling for the Texas Bama rematch um which would be great uh in Houston and knowing the proximity of those schools uh but I I would like to see uh DeBoer in this in this Washington team uh, get it done. I, I think they've they found themselves. They believe in what they are. DeBoer's a, I don't want to say, he's not nonchalant, but he's very even keel. And and then to see, the, you know, being at, when we were there and seeing the way their teams practice, he's a different guy with his team. That's a, that's the cool stuff. I, I, I Getting to see those guys not in front of a camera is always the most fun to me. Uh, so I, I would... Yeah, purple and crimson in Houston, that'd, that'd be a good mix, uh, I feel like, for the people of Houston. Is You're a Pac-12 guy. Yeah. And is there a part of you that's like, hey, the Pac-12's going away, I would like to see Washington to get get to play for it all, and then does it also make you angry? <laughs> no, oh, it, it's, it sucks, Gabe. It, yeah. it really does, man. I, like, I, I hear you, man. Talking to guys around, you know, old teammates around the holidays and just remembering, you know, going to 10. I mean, we played, we, uh, in my senior year, we go to, we go to Tempe, we lose to Washington, but Washington had a loss to Oregon. So we got one loss. We need Washington to lose again. And we go to Tempe, Todd Heaps playing for Arizona State. And we know if we go there and win, UCLA beat Washington earlier in the day. They wouldn't say the, the score in the stadium. And like all our older players are coming up, like, "Hey, Washington lost." I'm like, "Get the hell out of here!" Like, and then, you know, that flight home, knowing we had to beat Cal in order to go to the Rose Bowl, and that was going to be our last game. Like, that's the stuff. Like, I just remember every conversation that plane ride home, the hotels we stayed at, you know, going to the Rose Bowl for two weeks, uh, and just living a dream. Uh, you know, I said it earlier, bowl games were my favorite part of college. You know, everybody there. Uh, you don't have to worry about class or school, everybody, you know, hanging out, where are we going to dinner, things like that. Uh, you know, going to Corvallis, Oregon and hearing those people yell at and call us smart kids. Like that's the stuff that it, it just sucks. Yeah. It's, it sucks. Uh, thinking about it. And, and this is what, like about the playoff with the, you know, whatever Alabama, Florida state thing, whatever people have said, this is what we were supposed to have for 10 years. There's only four spots. There's five power five conferences. And going back to the Pac-12, they haven't been deserving of being in the conversation. But when you had it, everybody with a team that was uh, a, a candidate for those four spots, someone was going to get left out and be heartbroken. It was supposed to happen every single year, and it happened the first year and the last year. That's just the makeup of college football. Uh, you know, when we talk about, you know, going back, what was it, the first one? We had three SEC teams in, in the top four, you know, with, with, with Dak Prescott at Mississippi State and all that happened. So 
But I, I just think like this is what it was supposed to be uh, all this time. And I guess it, it is a shame that we didn't get more qualifying teams. You know, the, the, the Pac-12 beat up on themselves and then out of conference, they didn't play well. And, you know, the Big 12 had some down years with that. And then, you, you know, they always had a good team, but you weren't sure how good they were because the, the rest of the conference was down and the coaching changeovers, uh, all that factored into it. But it's just it like I've, I've said for four weeks, there's only four spots and there's five power five conferences. Someone was going to get left out. So, um, yeah, in, in a way, I, I would like to see the Pac-12 uh, be there in that last stage. This is the last one I got for you, man. You have always been more than willing to share your picks, whether that's TV, podcasts. You've always put them out there. How different is it now that that graphic pops up every single time you got to do your picks on game day? Has that escalated like your interactions on social media? I I can only imagine what people say when your picks are out there for the entire world to see like that. Yeah, it uh it's amazing. The first year I think I've been doing it 8 years is the first year I'm under a 500 and it's the first year on game day. And we know how many <laughs> we know how many eyeballs game day gets. Uh, but I'll probably say I've spent less time on social media knowing what people like to say. I mean, it's just gambling Twitter is so amazing to me because it's everybody could pile on the loser after the fact, right? Like, you know, I'll make picks in, in the nine o'clock hour and I won't hear a word until that pick is lost and the game goes final. Like, you had six hours to make a comment, but now you wanted to see how it played out. And then it's funny the other night, like I'm doing these things for ESPN bet and I give out Georgia tech. I'm like, I, I really like Georgia tech. I, they're an underdog. Uh, I, I would take a plus the points. I'd take a money line, whatever I send it out. Not a word, not a word. It wins. Not one per, Hey, nice pick. Not, not one. It, it, it's just amazing to me how much people just want to pounce on it. And um, it's fun. I wish I could be better. And I'll always say, as Scott does, they're free. We're not charging you for them. It's something that we like to have some fun with. And it did go accordingly. I mean, the, the, the you know, we I ended up doing four picks, I think, for the last, gosh, seven or eight, eight, eight or nine weeks. And the amount of times I went two and two, it was just I, I couldn't get into that under 500. It was I think I went like six straight weeks of being two and two. Uh, so it, uh, it was, a, it was, we got a taste of, of, uh, social media reality. Uh, and there's not a lot of good stuff out there. So I will, <laughs> I will warn you guys, if you are thinking about doing that, uh, just be ready to hear nothing good and only the bad. Uh, but I do appreciate everybody listening and watching you. You're the man. It's always fun catching up, man. Hopefully, we'll get to see you on an SEC sideline or two next year. Mm. Though you making the trip, uh, with though you making the change, should be interesting, man. I, it's, you're the best. You're killing it. Uh, appreciate the time. I appreciate you guys, man. What you guys do, and uh, yeah, let's let's see how these SEC teams are going to do coming to Norman. Also, yeah, it's not, it's yeah. not about you going on the road. Not they they got to come fine. to Norman. Let's see that. Uh, I still think. It's my uh, favorite pregame uh, hype video before they come out in the field. That thing is as good as it gets. Uh, and, and feeling that, and I can't wait to get back there 
and, and, and feel and see that because uh, it's as it's as special. Everybody talks about you guys going there, but they're also getting a damn good one uh, with you guys coming in. And uh, you know, we'll 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 see how it all plays out. That's for sure. These schedules are are fascinating uh, to me, and I, I can't wait to to see how it all plays out. And let's get some let's get some uh, guys out of the portal and let's get that thing closed so coaches could actually work on practicing with the guys they have in their locker room. That's that's the stuff I'm looking forward to. So uh, I appreciate you guys. Have a happy new year and uh, always here whenever you need me. Appreciate you, Steve. Thanks, man. I love that, man. He's fantastic. Good dude. Good dude. What What do you think about the picks? I'm starting to I like Texas and Bama. I've thought a lot about it. I, I've i been leaning Washington for the last, near what, nearly a month. And these last couple days, I don't know why. I just, I just think Texas is going to win. I don't like that I think that, but that's just where I'm at. I, I think it's going to be a Texas-Bama rematch. I think the I think the Texas Washington game is going to be the best football game of of the two. Uh, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think there's going to be a lot of points. Um, I think Washington gets it done, and you know, I just it's interesting that just like the general feel I get, and there's a lot of people that are pointing out how good Washington is, and I'm not. I'm not saying that about those people. There's a lot of a lot of that out there, but it kind of feels like Washington it's is get the oh, it's so cool that they're there. What a season that they've had. It, it's it really, kind of feels it kind of feels like Texas is getting that treatment too. Yeah, I, but they're a favorite. So, yeah. I I think I think I'm going with Washington to win the whole damn thing whoa kind of lsu 2019 vibes yeah just too much offense too much talent too much offense too much talent too big of a moment they got the best quarterback in the group i think the most consistent quarterback in the group i think milro may end up there eventually but like for right now with the weapons that he's got available to him it's I think I'd take Penix. Yeah, well, Milrose got some type of hate shrine to Bill O'Brien somewhere in his house after hearing him in those interviews. My goodness. <laughs> Let the hate fuel you, Jalen Milrose. That's awesome. We'll see, man. I think they're both they're gonna be fantastic games. Um how about some some shout outs before we get out of here? Let's do it. First of all, I just and this was something we didn't mention on the last episode, but uh, uh, thoughts and prayers to uh, Ryan Miner, his entire family. Dude's an absolute OU legend. I mean, just a complete stud uh, on the baseball diamond, on the basketball court. Just one of the best athletes this state has ever seen. And, you know, unfortunately... uh, his battle with cancer ended and he just, it was really cool seeing all people share their experiences with him, share the stories. Uh, I read so many of them and the guy was just, just an absolute stud, man. Incredible. Yeah. Junior year, 
he was the big eight player of the year of basketball and came back for his senior season, uh, which was awesome. And obviously six, seven third baseman with the hose, uh, ripping it across the diamond, hit dropping bombs. What a stud. Awesome. It was, uh, it was really cool to see, you know, all of the highlights and hear from his old, uh, teammates and coaches, you know, you hated the news, but, I'm glad we we got to share in a lot of his uh, his big moments. Really yeah. cool. Basketball team doing some cool stuff to honor him on the jerseys and stuff, T-shirts. So uh, rest in peace to an OU legend. Not an easy transition, but birthday shout-outs. Let's do it. Welcome to the world, Remington Ray Steele. Happy third birthday to Mia Carter. Oh, Mia Carter. She was in she was in my son's soccer class. Let's go, Mia. Happy oh, birthday. Nice. Happy birthday to Will McCullum. Happy 16th birthday to Ashley Ramsey and Sonny Ramsey. Happy 20th birthday to Joshua Crawford II. Happy 26th birthday to Grady Kane. Happy birthday to Jason Brown. Happy birthday to Will McCollum. On that note. Episode 383 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Wednesday. So we'll be recapping what happened with the college football playoff. Probably do a little, uh, share some thoughts, some overall thoughts about OU's 10 and 3 season. Uh, please be safe on New Year's Eve, people. Uh, we'll see all y'all in the year of our Lord 2024. Until next time, we appreciate y'all for listening. Do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one more time